This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Hope Hair Recovery and Scalp Clinic, Saskatchewan's premier destination for all your hair loss and scalp needs. Are you tired of not feeling like yourself? Have you been self-conscious about the dandruff on your shoulders or can you see that your hair is thinning out? Hope Hair Recovery's team of dedicated experts will provide you with the most effective, safe and innovative products for your individual hair loss and scalp needs, many of which are exclusive to Hope Hair Recovery. Our hair is the crown that we never take off and at Hope Hair Recovery, they will provide you with the safe, specialized and effective products you need in order to get you looking and feeling like yourself again. Don't give up. There is hope for your hair loss and scalp needs. Connect with them at HopeHairRecovery.com or follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Hair Recovery. Or of course, feel free to give them a call at 306-373-HOPE. That's 306-373-4673. This is episode 028 for women only, the good, the bad, and the ugly about aging with Jennifer McCowan. Have you been working on trying to embrace your age and accepting yourself as you are? Perhaps you're looking to connect to a sense of purpose or trying to make peace with your changing body. If you are, this episode is for you. This podcast is really meant to serve anyone who wants to grow, and I don't usually specify that an episode is for a specific demographic, but somehow I feel this one is. We are about to talk about the good and the bad about life, and let's face it, sometimes it can get a little ugly, but you know, there's beauty in it, all of it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. It is said that aging is not lost youth, but a new sign of opportunity and growth, and I couldn't agree more. As women, it's time we learn to love our imperfect selves, embrace our gifts, and step into our personal power. I'm so glad that you're choosing to join this conversation because it's an important one. 
As a listener, you likely don't know the process of creating an episode, and I'm not sure about other podcasts, but for us, it's been a learning process. When we began, I used to record the introduction and then do the interview. What I learned was to do it in reverse because these conversations are meant to be real and authentic, and that means they should just flow. By trying to guide the conversation to match the introduction, I found it lost its authenticity and I'd end up recording the introduction again anyway. Now I do the interview and then create the introduction. When I listen to this interview to record the introduction, I notice something different. I share three big stories of my own life. To be honest, that made me uncomfortable as the purpose of an interview is to hear the stories of the guests so that I can share them with you. And immediately I felt bad and I had regret about sharing so much. I had to ask myself why I was so eager to share this time. What I recognized was that this topic of conversation is huge for me because my own life transformation happened at this stage of life that we're about to talk about. And I am really sincerely passionate about helping other women have the same breakthroughs that I did in those years that my enthusiasm got the best of me. I am inspired to share this truth with you because I don't think I'm alone in feeling regret sometimes. I think we all feel it from time to time when we act impulsively. Usually there's no harm done, but if you're like me, you're needlessly beating yourself up and should just cut yourself some slack and give yourself some grace. I am growing as a person and as a podcast host, and instead of feeling ashamed or trying to mask the imperfection, I want to own it and become better for it. I believe leadership is best demonstrated through example, and I want to be a good leader, and perhaps by sharing my imperfect journey and personal growth, it will help you practice compassion with yourself. I am hopeful that the stories I share offer you inspiration, and that's why I've chosen to leave them in. Life is about learning and growing, and this conversation has given me a chance to do that in many ways. Being vulnerable is never easy, and it's something I'm learning to embrace through truly incredible women like our guest today. Jennifer is the owner and founder of Hope Hair Recovery and Scalp Clinic. She also serves on the American Hair Loss Council and is a national hair loss affiliate. Several years ago, she developed a craving for the science behind hair loss and the underlying issues that cause it to happen. In the fall of 2018, Jennifer enrolled with the World Trichology Society, where she received her full certification and was complimented with the additional title of Professor of the World Trichology Society. Jennifer loves to educate, inspire, and empower people by using her own experiences. She now teaches medical professionals, stylists, cosmetology students, and the general public. Recently, Jennifer was named as a 2020 SABEX finalist and was also a YWCA Women of Distinction finalist. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. So I'm generally pretty excited about every podcast episode, but this one in particular, I've been like waiting in anticipation because it's such a fun topic and I'm super excited about the idea that we're speaking mostly to women today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Corliss. It's going to be a good time. So get ready, everybody. Now, let's uh, first begin, I guess, with you telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, maybe how old you are, since we're talking about aging today. Go ahead and just do an intro. Give us the snapshot of who is Jennifer McCowan. Well, I am Jennifer McCowan, like you said. I am a mom to two amazing kids and a wife. I'm 45 years old. 
and I'm the province's only trichologist, so I'm the only certified specialized um, hair loss and scalp consultant in the province, and uh, I help people with any scalp conditions and their hair regrowth, but that also leads back to a lot of just general well-being. So at my clinic, we encourage whole body health, and that often does results in, uh, in really good hair, but uh, age plays a big role in lots of it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat that we're going to talk about, you know, getting comfortable with aging and the good, the bad, the ugly, all parts of it. And yet part of what you do is actually work with women who are experiencing some of that. So tell us, you know, about the client who comes into you and what that's like for them because they're getting older and things are happening or maybe some of your clients are even younger. Well, and that's just it. Um, You know, a lot of my women are about my age, you know, we're anywhere between 40 and 55, 60 we're noticing, you know, as everybody does, things slow down, you know, the blood system slows down, our growth slows down, our metabolism slows down. So um, oftentimes too, when our metabolism slows down, we often tend to, you know, comfort food, right? We grab the first chip or the chocolate bar and the thing, we comfort ourselves. And then we end up regretting it because we can't lose weight in our forties and fifties, like we did in our twenties. So um, I know for at my clinic, we offer some epigenetic testing that helps women stay on track and keep optimized and help them with their anti-aging processes so that they can keep up with their busy lives. You know, a lot of us are running off of our feet and we're living off coffee and, you know, we don't eat until dinner time. And so this is a, it's just a nice, efficient way to help women cut to the chase and help them make them feel better. And then the upside, the the ultimate benefit is that the world's going to see how much better they look. And then they're just going to feel considerably better and accept the aging process with open arms and embrace it. Mm -hmm. It's what you've described there is almost like a roller coaster, right? Everything starts changing and we start behaving, you know, differently, or perhaps we keep the bad habits that we've had for a long period of time. And we go through this big roller coaster of emotions as we're going through it, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a ton of highs and lows and uh, you know, the hormones alone, the hormone fluctuations as we age, they, they cause a, a huge ebb and flow in our daily life. And then there's, there's, the whole, like they've actually done scientific studies when women get up in the morning and if they look in the mirror and if they don't have a good hair day and if they don't feel pretty, the rest of the day just kind of follows suit. And, you know, if we're post pre anything type of menopausal, then it affects our mental health. Then we get all cryy and we just feel depressed or, you know, we get sad and grumpy and, you know, it, uh, it has, uh, it definitely has its its ups and downs. That's for darn sure. Aging definitely keeps us on our toes. Mm-hmm. So is it a mindset? So you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you go, oh my gosh, like I'm getting so old. Oh man, that spare tire sitting there around my waist. Darn, I better wear a loose and flowy shirt today or I'm just feeling off. Like I think perhaps it starts with just a shift in our mindset of how we see ourselves. I have actually had several Zoom meetings this week and the most common thing I have heard is, oh my gosh, I have Zoom neck, you know, and everybody's starting to hyper see their wrinkles on their neck and all of their crow's feet from smiling and things like that, you know, and I, I see these women too that get a lot of Botox and things like that. And I once had another woman tell me that for every wrinkle you have on your face, it is evidence of the happy life that you have led. 
And so that's, even though in the morning I wake up and go, dang it, I feel like I'm, my brain is telling me I'm still 18, but the face looking back at me sure isn't, but it's awesome because, you know, I think we're so hard on ourselves in our twenties. And I personally am loving getting older. I just turned 45 last week at the beginning of this week, actually. And, um, I'm so much more comfortable in my skin. And when I do smile, I got a boatload of wrinkles and it's because I've had a really, not always as obviously, but you know, I've had some pretty incredible, amazing things in my life and I've smiled a lot and I'm proud to wear that on my face. And I don't want the Botox to cover it up. Maybe the frown lines from the concentration in the middle, but (laughs) you know, I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, well, you know, I kind of like what you're saying there because that in itself, it's just that quick shift can help us with embracing the aging process, like in all parts of it, instead of like, look at how old I'm looking. It's more like I get to get older and, and this is a gift and I'm so lucky. And, you know, every every mark on my face is is a life well, it's a sign of a life well lived, right? Um, I remember once going into the eye doctor and because I've been squinting quite a bit because I have astigmatism and and uh, the, there's the lines between my eyes, like that kind of like a frown line. And, uh, and she said to me, Would, we could look at, you know, getting you glasses, you could wear glasses so that you're not squinting all the time, like trying to filter out the light. And I said, oh, no, 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 that's not what it's from. Those are my divorce lines. <laughs> those are, <laughs> are signs of divorce. So no, don't worry. And, you know, I, I got to tell the audience here because it's so funny what you're saying or why I wanted to reach out to you to have you as a podcast guest because Jennifer and I are connected as Facebook friends. Of course, we work together in some um, ways as well through some different things that Wes offers. And Jennifer did a post about her birthday and she was talking about removing the hair on her chin and it made me laugh so loud. And I was like, you know, I had that happen not that long ago where a girlfriend actually said, hey, Corliss, come here. I just want to like get that for you. And I was like, what? (laughs) We're talking the ugliness of getting older. I'm like, what? I didn't even know that was there. Thank goodness she saw it and took care of that for me. But it made me laugh because I think it's a normal part of it. Like things are starting to shift in our bodies and hormones are causing us to get here where we definitely don't want it and it's never been before. And it made me laugh that you joked about that and just like, whatever, it's part of it, right? Well, you have to joke about it. I mean, I had heart surgery last year. I couldn't have made it out of it. You know, I have another one coming up in the next month or two. I'm on the list. And, you know, life is really a gift. I love how you said that. You got to wake up with the right attitude. And, you know, I call her Harriet. That's her name, Harriet and her band of evil little bandits. You know, they grow on my chin. And, you know, I figure if you name it, it makes it funnier. And, you know, my kids gave me a mustache, a mustache shaver for Christmas. And like I say to my friends, you know, nothing says I love you like here, mom, shave your mustache. (laughs) But (laughs) it is life and it is just the way that it's going. And I've yet, I'm seeing another day. I have a healthy, active body. I don't really have too many complaints. Um, so it's, it's a blessing. My dad was killed in a car accident at 58 years old. You know, um, I've, I had friends die. I had a friend commit suicide at such a young age. Um, and, and other friends die at such young age. Life is a beautiful gift and there's always a silver lining, even in the tough days. And it, you know, it may take a while to figure it out, but it's always a blessing. And I'm always a firm believer that, you know, everything happens for a reason. You just got to, like Oprah says, you got to find the gift in it, the lesson in it. 
So that's why I embrace my wrinkles. I think, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And even the Harriet and the little tribe or whatever you call it, I think. <laughs> that's so funny. I like it. And you know, you were talking about the zoom neck. I think the lighting is such a big deal with that stuff. And, and, uh, whenever you're on technology, the lighting and you, you start to notice things, right? I have to tell you so funny that my, I was telling my aunt that I really don't like how wrinkled my neck is getting. And it's really showing my age. And I am trying to embrace it, but I don't really like my neck, right? And my aunt said to me, Corliss, you're not the first one. There's actually a book called I'm Sad About My Neck, and honest to goodness, <laughs> there is. And I ordered it. No, it's not called I'm Sad About My Neck. It's called I Feel Bad About My Neck. I ordered it off of Amazon. The woman is absolutely hilarious, and she jokes about the process of aging and how we just have to laugh about it and like not worry. And it really in the big picture, it really doesn't matter. Like the outward appearance, it's how you feel about yourself. Totally. I'm going to have to get myself a copy of that book and men actually multiple copies and hand them out to my friends for Christmas. because <laughs> That is, that sounds exactly like what we're all talking about right now. Uh-huh. She has a whole series of books. She writes it specifically for middle-aged women. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes so that everybody has a has access to it. And uh, I don't know, maybe, we'll, maybe we should start a little book club reading this and, you know, use this as a reference and a resource to just laugh about it all and, and embrace it, I guess. So you mentioned your big challenge. So you had heart surgery and you just say it so nonchalantly like, oh yeah, I had heart surgery and I have another one coming up and, you know, I lost my dad and he was only 58 years old, like, wow, hard stuff, 58, wow. So tell us a little bit about that. Like you've had some big challenges and you said that you always look for the gift and the lesson and the experiences. Tell us about these challenges, like having heart surgery is pretty big, Jennifer. Yeah, it's big. Um, I remind myself though, that those of us with the biggest hearts often have the most scars. And, um, you know, when my dad passed away, uh, it was five weeks after my son was born. And um, basically, I had two kids to live for and a daughter that was two and a half and was starting to get aware of why mommy was always sad and crying. And I had to get a lot of strength for them. I, I, I needed to show them that, you know, life will run you over. It's a guarantee. None of us get out of this without a few scars. So how are you going to deal with them? You know, are you going to let the truck take you over? Or are you going to stand solidly on your two feet and, you know, make a good decision? So, um, you know, losing my dad led me to losing my hair, which led me to um, the career that I'm in. So now I help people who lose their hair. Um, I, I, one of my favorite stories from my dad's passing, and I know that sounds really weird, but uh, he died just outside of Humboldt. His vehicle landed in a ditch full of water. And um, it turns out that the town of Humboldt, the volunteers there got some extra water safety training and the town itself actually got an extra water rescue device so that somebody else's dad wouldn't have to pass away like me. And as per my heart, you know, I, I okay, here comes the ugly guys. You know, I was a smoker. I was not taking care of my diet. I was wallowing basically in post-traumatic stress disorder for a few years. And um, so all the stress in my body from dad dying and everything led to two heart issues and then issues, I had a lump, suspicious lump in each one of my breasts. 
And so I really got mad, actually. The ugly Scottish, Ukrainian, German, Irish girl in me reared her ugly head. And so I lost 30 pounds. I quit smoking. I went to the gym every day. And I would picture myself on the treadmill getting open heart surgery while my kids waited for me in the waiting room. And um, that rips still, that image still rips my heart out of my out of my chest, but it gave me so much drive that when I went and I actually had to finally get my heart surgery, because it's just a physiological thing that is wrong with my heart. Um, they were floored at the shape that I was in. And that's why I was so, I had another bout of PTSD once my heart went down that other time, because it wasn't supposed to happen to me. I was the girl that made the big comeback. I lost all the weight. I had perfect cholesterol. I, you know, could, I was doing marathons, you know, I was rocking it all. And then out of the clear blue sky, it was all over and done with in one day. So again, as I call them character building days, you know, um, those days that are really, really ugly when you feel like you're dragging your feet in the mud and it feels like you're drowning. And I just had another one of those days last week. And I think Corliss, you mentioned that on yours too, you know, with the COVID and you can feel the, the sadness, you know, or the, the angst of everyone. And, um, you know, it, it felt very emotional. And so in those days, I allow myself to cry. I try to sit in my space. One of my favorite authors, we should put this in the comments too, is Glennon Doyle. She really teaches you about sitting on your mat, so to speak, in your yoga mat and just being with the pain, allowing it to flow through and then healing. And then coming through the other side to look from, you know, 2020 is always best, right? And when you're looking from the outside, looking in, you're like, okay, now I believe that this happened for this reason and this happened for that reason. And now how can I use those lessons to propel me? You know, because going down in my world is not an option. Every, op every obstacle is an opportunity. And that's what I teach my kids. You know, there's gonna be hurdles in life take them down. Let's go. You just got to practice, you know, find a way. There's always a way. Mm, holy man for brilliance you've just shared there. So a few things I want to just really highlight that I even jotted down here that you said that I really want the audience to take in. First of all, I call it Oprah's tweetable moment. You know how she always says, oh, that's a tweet tweet. Well, you said those with the biggest hearts have the most scars. I think that's how you said it. That is so true and so beautiful. So if you've got a lot of scars, just remember it's because your heart's so big and you feel it. And when you reference COVID and the sadness and the heaviness, I personally experienced that several times since COVID has really hit our world, like in March, where it's just so heavy and so hard. And I just feel so much for people and all the stuff that they're going through. And I look around the world and think, oh my gosh, like so much sadness, so much hurting so many people so afraid so many people dying alone all those things but you just can't stay there like you don't have to just push through but you just can't stay there that's why I recorded that podcast episode about if COVID's got you down because the reality is COVID was getting me down sometimes and I just have to just feel it experience it understand it you know, make peace with it, but then keep moving forward. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting out of your message. And that image of your kids sitting in the, in the hospital while you were having surgery, like I can't imagine that experience. Tell us more about that. Like why you visualize that. <laughs> you know, I'm not no spring chicken, right? And I'm running on the treadmill 
And I, the best training for heart health is what they call HIT training. So high interval intensive training. And I, it would make me so mad and, or I would cry and it'd be so heartbroken that that would drive me for my one minute or two minute sprint. And then I'd walk to calm down. And then I'd see myself on the OR table again. And I'd see my kids bawling their eyes out and I'd sprint again. And that made me push for an extra 15 seconds. And it made me push for an extra 30 seconds and then an extra minute and then an extra five. Like it just, and then I started to become, um, just I had more faith in my body. You know, and my kids all of a sudden were like, did you go to the gym today, mommy? What did you do today, mommy? You know, I started seeing that I was inspiring my kids and, you know, they would almost, if I missed a day at the gym, they'd be like, oh, how come? What happened? You know, so I loved seeing the sparkle in their eyes. I loved the fact that I could sprint up the stairs and chase their cute little bums and, you know, just enjoy my kids because, you know, when my heart did go down, I mean, I couldn't walk from my kitchen to my couch without being completely winded. I couldn't even speak without losing my, my breath. So, you know, my babies, like I think a lot of us moms, my babies are my world and I will stop at nothing to make myself the mother that they deserve and the woman that my daughter can aspire to be. And this, the, the woman that my son can emulate in his life. And, um, you know, just have them, you know, just life lessons. That, that's what I tell my kids. They're just life lessons. These are character building days. You know, it's, uh, it's tough, but you'll make it. Mm, you found something to show up for. And that's so big. I often t talk about how, you know, people say to me, how, do, how are you so motivated? And how do I get motivation? And I'll always say to them, you know, when you're connected to a purpose, something bigger than you, you're going to have motivation. It's really that simple. It's just how it is. If you connect to that something that's going to make you get up and want to do it, something bigger than you, which is exactly what you've just described there. You maybe wouldn't have showed up for yourself the same way you would show up for your kids. And that purpose made you push past the excuses and the procrastination and any, any obstacles or fear that you might have had, right? You nailed it. And that's exactly it. And I actually you know, cause I went through a bit of a, a slump there. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, actively seeing a counselor right now. And, uh, and that's just it. We as women, it, you know, it doesn't matter how old we are. I don't think we are always the last on our list, you know, and, um, I would have, if it was just me in this boat, I would highly imagine that I would have totally taken the wrong road, but because I could focus on my kids and I could find that outlet and, um, you know, that made all the difference in the world because, like you said, you know, we, if we were on our own, we probably wouldn't do it. But for me, my babies drive me and my work drives me. My clients drive me. Those smiles and the texts that I get from happy, happy patients that can look at themselves in the mirror now, that's huge. But that's why I think as women, it's, it's hard to find that value in ourselves, but it's, um, it's certainly desperately needed, especially as we get older, because we really need to nurture ourselves and our needs become different and what people expect from us becomes different. So, you know, oodles and oodles of learning to master self-care is, is a big one. And I think the, the bottom line is, is if you're someone in the audience and you're thinking, okay, my kids are gone, 
that experience has happened. The kids are gone. They're independent. I maybe don't have the same relationship that I did before. You just need to find something to show up for. There is so many people in our world who need you right now. There is so many people in the world that need you right now. Find something that you're passionate about. You have this you know, middle-aged gifts, each and every one of us, the opportunity to bring experience and life lessons and uniqueness. And we can use that to make a difference, wouldn't you say? 100%. And I'd also just like to add to that, even because I think about my own mom, right? Her kids are gone. I'm 45. And, um, you know, um, it's, she's still my mom. I still look to her for inspiration. I still look for, at her as an example. And um, if, you know, if you've hopefully kept yourself involved in something, or whether it's an art, a craft, volunteer service, or a job, it gives you purpose in your children, no matter how old they are, because I'm a child and I'm a mother, but I'm always looking and I'm looking up. My grandmother is 93 years old and is still alive. I still look for her, you know, up to her. So um, yeah, regardless of whether the, and I keep that in mind for when my kids up and go to, you know, um, always giving yourself purpose is, is such a key in life because it doesn't matter how old you are, you're always looking for an example and you're always looking up and out for that one. Mm, I like that. It's like that decision. And you really do have a lot of control, way more than you think. And you just have to look for it. And those who look and seek will always find. You reminded me of my late grandma as well. And I swear, I think of her every single day. I just want to share a little story about that. My grandma never drove. She always had to be independent and uh, she never wanted to get her license. She pushed her little walker as she got older. She'd go to walk the six blocks to go to the grocery store and she'd get her own groceries. And if you try to help her, she'd say, no, no, that's good. She'd do her own thing. And she just head down, you know, was persistent and would just force forge ahead no matter what. She just always did. Didn't matter even what the weather was. And um, when my grandma was sick, she was um, in the hospital and we knew she was terminal and she was going to be passing away. And, and, uh, we were cleaning out her apartment at that time and she was in the care home and she said to me you need to go and get that lamp and i said what lamp grandpa grandma i didn't even know which lamp she was referencing and she said the lamp the lamp in my living room the tall one you bought it for me and i don't even i didn't remember buying it for her but she said you have to go and get this lamp and i was like okay grandma i'll get it so i went and i got the lamp i brought it home i put it down i found a spot for it in my basement and i turned it on and I thought, what a beautiful thing I have now. I have a piece of my grandma because every time I turn it on, it lights the room and it reminds me of my grandma. It's like grandma's there. So the next day I went to the care home and I, she said, did you get the lamp? And I said, yes, I did. I got the lamp. And I said, you know, grandma, it's really special because every time I turn it on, it reminds me of you and you're lighting the room for us. And she was so sick and she was kind of turning yellow like she really wasn't well. And she had the most beautiful smile. I'll never forget it. And it was like she was there and she was lighting it. And yet she never saw herself as some very important or significant person. But yet her purpose lives on through me like every day, even now. That is such a nice story. Sorry, that made me emotional. I have goosebumps everywhere. I want to tell you something else about that story, actually, and I hope the audience doesn't get bored with this, but it's it's just also true. So when I was younger, I didn't really love the name Corliss. 
because it was difficult for people to spell because it was so different. And um, I now, of course, have embraced it. I really love my name. And as a matter of fact, it means cheerful and good hearted. So I feel pretty proud of that. And I was really proud the day that it was put into um, a, a baby book. I saw it in a baby book. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so neat. And um, my middle name is Helen, which was my late grandma's name. And when I was you know, trans, transforming into like an author and I was having to like kind of convert my name and my social media to be like a public figure. I was going through this whole process of what to change my Facebook to and I started embracing the middle name Helen exactly around the time that my grandma had given me this lamp that apparently I had bought her and she gave it to me and it turns out that the name Helen, I'm not quoting exactly, but it means bearer of light. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's so unbelievable that that whole thing, how it came full circle. And I feel like my grandma lives in me every day. So if you're someone who is like maybe feeling like you're not that important or significant, I mean, my grandma didn't even drive a car and she didn't, she worked at a grocery store and she worked at a department store. Like she didn't feel like she had some big purpose for her life, but I swear her example still lives on through me every single day. So you have purpose. That is beautiful. I love that story. Thanks. Thanks for letting me share it. <laughs> hey guys, it's me Corliss. I'm just wondering, has life been getting you down a bit? With all the uncertainty of the times, I think it's easy to lose sight of your personal power and I wanted to create something to support you. My digital course is coming soon. It's called Powerless to Empowered, how to take back your life in any situation and I would love to get it into your hands. This is a unique personal development program that you can work at your own pace in the comfort of your own home. You can change your life through your thoughts, decisions, and actions, and this program will provide you with the training, tools, and inspiration to do that. Get on the list now for release day by texting the word EMPOWERED to 306-961-3379. We'll make sure you get notified first when it's ready and give you a $100 discount code for being the first to take action. Anyway, I, I did want to ask you a couple of other things here, and, and one of them is about acknowledging ourselves. and I think maybe this is inspired by my grandma again, because I think that a lot of time women have a hard time acknowledging our personal triumphs and really seeing ourselves as valuable. Have you ever had that experience, and why do you think that's hard for women? I had that experience yesterday. Um, the lady I was telling you about that had whipped up a, a bio for me. She read me my bio and I, I, I turned around to look like she was reading somebody else's. She's like, that, that's impressive. But I will, I, for some reason, I, I'm very, very bad at celebrating my wins. And I've, I've been a finalist in some very distinctive award categories here in the city. And I'm a, an award-winning um, entrepreneur as well. But I, I get uncomfortable bragging because... For me, I, I think it has a lot to do with my patients. My patients are like my kids and um, it's not like I won, they won. I was just the, the, the vehicle that helped them get there. And um, so I don't know why we do that. I don't know. I just automatically always just take myself out, uh, out of it. It's always about others. I'm, it's terrible really, because we need to take the time to celebrate ourselves. I celebrate all my friends gloriously. But even my 45th birthday, 
I get so grumpy three days before my birthday and I don't want anybody to know about it, but yet then I get mad if nobody says happy birthday, but I still just, I'm not big on being the center of attention, not big on people celebrating me. It just makes me really uncomfortable. How do you feel about that? So I'm really glad that you have said that because you said something at the beginning when you when I first asked you that question about bragging and I have had that exact experience most of my life and it comes from past conditioning it comes from me having to make myself small when I was a child and a teenager and growing up or even as an adult feeling good about something that I accomplished because if I was you know, sharing my accomplishments, celebrating my wins, feeling proud of myself. I was made to believe by other women, actually, women who had influence in my life, that I was somehow being egotistical if, and I was bragging if I was doing that. And what I've had to actually do is to reframe that in my mind because we all want to be humble. No one wants to be seen as some egotistical bragging person. No one does because it's it's negative. I mean, no one likes a person like that. And because we don't want to be that, a lot of times we belittle ourselves and our own accomplishments with that. Would you say that that's relating to you a little bit? 100%. You're bang on. Okay. So then what ended up happening for me is that I learned that it's actually not it's actually egotistical to only be thinking about yourself. And to if you're just celebrating your wins and being proud of yourself because it's like, oh, look at me, I'm so good. It's where you're coming from when you're sharing it. Whereas if you are owning your personal power to make a difference for other people, you can celebrate that. And it's not egotistical or bragging to do that. I like the way you word that. I like the word celebrate. Celebrate yourself, truly. And that's where your personal power is. See, I think that women, especially middle-aged women, we need to step into our personal power as human beings that are alive and here and get the opportunity to live and that we bring a level of experience and skill that we didn't have when we were younger. And this is why it is so important that we embrace it and celebrate ourselves and recognize how valuable we are because when we do, we'll find purpose by sharing that with other people and supporting them. See, like when I was in my 20s, I wasn't the person I am today. And if I, if I still was like, oh, okay, well, I haven't, you know, done enough and I'm not good enough and I'm not sure of myself. If I stayed that way, then I wouldn't be able to contribute to other people. Whereas now by stepping into it and saying, you know what, I've been through a lot of peaks and valleys. I got a lot of scars and I got a lot of stuff that I've learned and probably the hard way and some of it through mistakes. So if I, and I've also got a lot of wins. I've got a lot of successes that I've been able to achieve and accomplish and do things. So if I take those and I own them and I use those experiences that I've had in my life to better the lives of others, I'm actually serving people, not being a bragging egotistical person. Wouldn't you agree? Totally. And like, um, I call that like, that's my soul check, right? You cannot write a check for any amount of money that makes you feel that way when you've when you've helped someone else with whatever area of their life. If you've moved them one step forward, oh, that that's that's I, I fully believe that's our purpose on on Earth as humans. Uh, we're not here to be an island. We're all here to work together, work harmoniously, and help each other. And uh, yeah, you you're absolutely taking the words right out of my mouth. 
Awesome. And I think it's hard for women. You know, the second part of that question is hard for women because we have been conditioned to be small. We have been conditioned to just keep it to yourself, keep it there. You don't want to be that way. You don't want people to think that. And I'm inviting you all to say, yeah, no, that's not the truth. And I'm not doing it to to make anybody think more of me because you already think more of yourself. What you're doing it for is to serve other people. Exactly that. 100%. I'd like to give you a little whoop whoop for that one. (laughs) Okay. So I want to ask you about um, intimidation. So, (laughs) well, yes, I'd like to ask you about that. So for the audience, well, maybe tell them the story because I reached out to book you for the podcast because I would absolutely, I would, I knew right away that you were such a great human being and such a powerful woman and so relatable and so personable. I totally wanted you on my show and I reached out to you and tell them what happened because I just learned this the other day. I disappeared. Um, basically I was like, well, it was a couple, it was a, it was a hundred, you know how we all have like 300 thoughts, but it happens in like a half a millisecond. First of all, it was like, oh my God, Corliss Helen is talking to me. Second of all, what in the world would she want to talk to me about? What do I have to offer? I'm not nearly smart enough. Like, does she know that I'm the only one? And the, and it's, I said that because it again with conditioning someone actually told me before i got into my career that my career was bound to fail because it was me so i as soon as you called i'm like yeah but the, the i heard the voice in my head saying well your business is going to fail so you don't want to go and embarrass yourself on her show and then you have an established name in the industry and so i my entire life and again more conditioning i put everyone else practically that I meet on a pedestal and I do not see myself nearly at their, um, their grace, their uh, intelligence, their, um, you know, their financial um, capabilities. Um, I've always felt very less than and very um, intimidated by other humans. So, you know, when people, like I've had a few people refer to me as, as a powerhouse here in the last six months, and that's not a comfortable word for me. I, I don't see, I don't see myself like that. Um, I, if anything, I mean, I feel more self-conscious than anything, but it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 as women, we compare ourselves, you know, one of my, another one of my mentors is Jess Tatu. We were both women of distinction. I couldn't even go and talk to her. And now she's my mentor. It took me eight months to get the guts to go and talk to her. And um, all to find out that when you know she's human and like I found out about you, you're human. And we're all just the same people trying to help people being our wonderful entrepreneurial selves and making the world a better place. So I've actually really learned a lot of lessons about um, comparing myself and um, my ability to measure up and my need to impress and uh, feeling inadequate. That's um, been actually one of the best things about being in my 40s because, um, you know, I, I think as our 20s, we, we're, you know, 20-year-old girls compare themselves steadily, you know, about everything. But I think as 40-year-old women, we still do it. We just do it in a different way. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm learning to embrace these women that scare me like you. And uh, to find out, although that you're not scary at all, in fact, you and I seem to be like carbon copies of the same human, just with different faces. 
you know, we have, (laughs) (laughs) we have so much in common. It's crazy. So, so yeah. Why do you think that we do this? Like, do you still do this? I mean, you're 50, I'm 45. What, what do I have to look forward to over the next five years? Oh man, I think we all do it. And I think it's like our own thought process. Like we get this idea of who this person is and how amazing they are. And we sit with that and we play it over and over again. And of course, the more you focus on something, the more energy it gets. And then when you disconnected, you know how you said you vanished? When I invited you and then you just kind of vanished, it's because we disconnect from that because we're like, I'm not ready to go there. So it's like this pattern that we all kind of do in different ways. And And the reality of it is, is if you were bold and brave to say, hey, can we share this conversation and just be honest about it and just, you know, talk about it. Like I was a little nervous about that. I mean, you opened a floodgate of opportunity for you and I to connect in a relationship way when you said I was intimidated because my heart went, oh my gosh, I felt that before. And she's honest with me and I get to see the real Jennifer that she felt that. And now we can have an open, honest conversation conversation and dialogue, right? Which connected us even more. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So become more vulnerable, be open to that and just recognize that those feelings are probably not even real. And there's probably some people out there that aren't awesome, (laughs) that maybe you're intimidated by them because they're having their own challenges and maybe they're not going to give you the warm and fuzzy after you get to know them. It's possible, but a lot of times that's not the case. Now, Jennifer, um, we have, I have a statement here that I actually in my 40s was really thinking about. And you said, you know, what can I look forward to in my next five years? Well, my last five years has been honestly the most amazing part of my life. I am um, not that I didn't love raising my kids, not that I didn't love every stage of my life to date, but the last five years has become about reinventing myself and really rediscovering who I am at my core, understanding, you know, where I come from, making peace with who I am today, and really seeing this stage of life as this beautiful opportunity to share everything that I am with the world to create a purpose and leave the world a better place. As a matter of fact, when I was initially starting my company, I was driving down the highway, and some of you may have heard this story before, but I don't think you have, Jennifer. I was driving down the highway, and I was capturing notes in my voice recorder on my phone because I was going to be doing conferences, and I was going to be creating all this content, and I had all these ideas constantly flooding in my mind because I was so excited about the idea that you know, I have more time, things are going to be, my kids are independent, I have more money than I did when I was younger, I have more experience, I know things now that I didn't know before. And I was so excited about sharing all of the content that I was coming up with. So I was capturing it into my voice recorder. And as I was capturing it into my voice recorder, I said to myself, I was almost like working things out. And I said, midlife is the best life. And as it came out of my mouth, I was like, That is so cool. Midlife is the best life. And my son was sitting in the front seat. He was on his iPad. I didn't even think he was paying attention to what I was saying because I was constantly, you know, mattering into my, into my voice recorder. And he looked up at me and he goes, mom, that's really cool. And I said, it is, isn't it? 
Midlife is the Best Life. That sounds like a good book. That was exactly what I said. And at that moment, I was on the highway between Saskatoon and Prince Albert. I was at that new and lodge, however you say that. I remember seeing the sign and going, I think I'm going to write a book. And I literally drove home and I went to Google. I had never once in my life ever thought I was valuable enough to write a book. Never, ever thought about authoring a book. I never, like never. That was the first time ever. I literally sat down at my computer. And of course, when you don't know something and you're like 45 years old and you're like, what do I do? I go to Google and I literally typed in how to write a book in Google. And sure enough, I got some training offered to me by Jack Canfield. The next day, it was like a one-hour training. I watched this one-hour training. I was like, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be called Midlife is the Best Life. Jack Canfield's going to train me. And literally, I spent thousands of dollars. I clicked purchase to buy his course to learn how to write a book from one of the best authors in the world. And all of a sudden, I'm like writing a book. And that all was born in the shift in the mindset of like, aging is actually a beautiful gift and opportunity. And at that time, this particular um, statement was all over my feed. I think it was because it kept coming up because I was searching things about midlife. And this, the quote is this, and I want to know if you agree with the statement and why. Aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity and growth. Do you agree with that? And if so, why? Oh, 100%. Because I think as we're young, we're, for lack of a better term, we're kind of ignorant to a certain things. Our ego runs the show and we know everything when we're younger. And I think as we age, we become more open-minded. We see that there's different ways to do things. Uh, there's different ways to accept other people. And, and I think as we get older and we see more and we see more in the world, I think we become more accepting. Well, I have become just more accepting of everything and everyone. And I, I think that's a brilliant quote. Absolutely. Yes, Betty Friedan is who did that. It's so, it's so great. And if you just hang on to that thought, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity and growth. Good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> now, Jennifer, you um, have been such a wonderful guest. I already know I'm going to want to have you on the show again sometime soon. Where do people connect with you if they want to connect, especially in reference to your, your work, because you do such amazing um, transformations and support so many people? Oh, thank you. Well, you can reach me at uh, my website is www.hopehairrecovery.com or you can send me an email at info at hopehairrecovery.com or you can just call the clinic at 306-373-HOPE-4673. And we're on Facebook as well under Hope Hair Recovery and Instagram. Fantastic. Now, do you have anything else that you want to add in reference to this particular topic before I ask you my final three closing questions? You know, the only thing I would like to add maybe is, um, you know, I heard a, a quote once basically, and I tell it to my daughter all the time, try to talk to yourself like you would talk to your own best friend. You'd never tell your best friend that she looks like an old hag. Don't do it to yourself. Mm, so good. Oh, man. Another tweetable moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my final three closing questions, because this is a real leadership podcast. I would like to know from your perspective, what does leadership mean to you? For me, leadership is taking everybody to the top with me. I'm, I've always said that it's, it's really, really lonely at the top if you're standing there by yourself. And so with the team that I work with, 
and um, the women I that I inspire, I'm just hoping to bring out the best in them. I want to see them all be able to voice um, what their specialties are, and I want to highlight that, and I want us all to rise to the top of the mountain together because, like I said, it's no fun being there at the top by yourself. Mm, I just love you. <laughs> I've never said that to a guest, but I'm telling you, like, even the response right there, isn't she amazing, everyone? Make sure and connect with Jennifer. Please do that. Now, if there was one book or one podcast that you wanted to recommend, I realize there's lots out there, but maybe there's one book or one podcast that really resonates with you and really kind of was a changer for your game changer for you. Do you want to share it with the audience? Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Read it, then read it three more times. It is the most empowering book you'll ever get your hands on. And Glennon has got such a funny sense of humor. And it's like she goes into your mind and she's reading everything that you've ever done in your life and how she wants you to own what you feel, even if putting the feelings of the people that you love at risk in order to live your own happiness, how to be true to yourself and you know, she worried like she had left her husband and she um, fell in love with the woman. And she was obviously very concerned how her family would feel about this. And, um, you know, she said, you know what, I, but I have to live my best life. And now she's happy. The family's embraced everything and everything is wonderful. Mm, oh, okay. Untamed by, how do you spell Glennon? G-L-E-N-N-O-N. And her last name is Doyle. D-O-Y-L-E. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes as well, everyone, just so you know, but that's wonderful. Thank you. Sounds like a great story. Um, any podcast in particular that you want to recommend? Oprah's Soul Sunday, Super Soul Sunday. Mm, yeah. Always hits it all. I love, I love me some Oprah. I do really, really do. Oh yeah. One more time. We're aligned. All right. <laughs> okay, everyone. The big final closing question based on all of the highs and all of the lows that you've had in your life, if you could leave behind only one piece of advice, what would you want to leave behind? Ooh, that's a good one. You're stronger than you know. Have faith in yourself. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the leading. Thank you for being the example that you are. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I know everyone else has as well. Me too. And thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to have such a fun conversation with you and your listeners. This was such a great time. It sure was. We'll be in touch soon. Have a great day. You too. Bye for now. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.